Give him glory, give him honor, give him adoration. I want you to specifically say, Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving my family. I want you to open that mouth with absolute confidence. Say, Lord, thank you because I know you love me. We're in his presence. He's going to allow the rain to fall. He's a faithful God. He's a faithful God. Thank him for who he is. Thank him for his kindness. From beginning to end, he is Lord. He's the maker of the heavens and earth. Let's just worship this great God in our midst. He is a king. It's not a conjecture. It's not a theory. It's not a theorem. He's the living God. says if we are to mark iniquity none of us will be standing Lord don't withdraw your mercy 
we were asking that you look upon us with great grace this hour minister life to us bring us out of every entrapment of Satan bring the truth that will set us free Holy Spirit help us we just plead with you to have mercy let your mercy triumph over every judgment glorify Jesus in our midst in Jesus name we have prayed and the believing saints will say praise the Lord praise the Lord please be seated before we go into what we are doing because this today is beginning of the family month we are starting the month of July this year I want to say a few things to set the stage before we go into all we have today uh, the opening scripture for this service was taken from Revelations 21, I think verse 5. When you see the scripture begins by saying, And he that sat on the throne said, That is the finality. Nobody questions that authority. No demon in hell. It means for you to understand that God has concluded the matter. That is the finality. That he had decided to make not some things, all things what? New. And he said unto me, write this word. Why? They are what? They are true. And they are what? You can take them and go to the market. A new beginning like the Lord has promised us. God is interested in our families. And there's no going back. Your family is going to manifest God's blessing in the name of Jesus. Amen. To be able to enter into what God has for us. Beloved, if you look at Isaiah 43, 18 to 21, look at what he says. I want to be a little bit fast. So, say, don't remember your past failures. Your past poverty, your past... Remember not what? The former thing. Neither consider what? The things of old. Why? The next verse. He will do what? He said, behold, I do what? A new thing. Now, not next tomorrow, it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? In doing this, I will make a way, what? I will give rivers where? In the next verse. The beasts of the field will do what? They will honor God. The dragons and the owl. Because why? God is going to do something unusual. He will give waters where? Rivers where? To give to who? The one whom God has what? Chosen. Is there any chosen in the house here? Let your amen be loud and clear. So, he said, these people have I formed. For what? What will happen? Your family will show forth the praise of God. I say, your family will show forth the praise of God. 
And so get ready. The first step is in the place of prayer. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 to 3, say, Arise and shine, for your light is come. Why? That glory you are formed for is risen where? Upon you. It went to verse 2 to say, For behold, darkness shall cover the earth. So you have not seen trouble yet. <laughs> Gross darkness, the people. But the Lord shall rise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Amen. Not the affliction in the land, not the wickedness of men, not the effect of the policies of the government, but the glory of the Lord will be seen upon me. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 3 says, because of what God will do, he said, your life will become attractive. He said, and the Gentiles shall come to their light, the king to the brightness of your rising. If that is your portion, say amen. amen. And so we are going to get set for what God is going to do in this period. We will pray. But one thing is certain that God is going to be brutal against the enemy. Every time you see God say, I will do a new thing, something precedes. One day, people rose up against Korah. And the Lord said, step aside, it's not your business. I will do a new thing. You know, every trouble troubling your home, the Lord will conduct a funeral service for them in there. Yeah. The Lord buried all of them alive. He wanted to do a, open a new chapter for Israel. He left them out of Egypt. There was a there was the Red Sea. And they were pursuing. And that's why I know that everything pursuing your destiny will be terminated in this season in the name of Everything pursuing Israel was buried alive. Remember, our battle is not with flesh and blood. And the Lord will help you mightily in the name of Jesus. And so we are going to do a few things. We are going to pray. We will start by rebuilding our family altars. Altars where family members are not talking to each other. We can't pray together. The enemy is cheating us. Do you know who God handed over the government of the earth when he first created the heavens and the earth? Who? Adam and Eve. Husband and what? Wife. According to the book of Matthew, whatever two of you shall agree upon as touching it. Stop running around. Let's humble ourselves. Confess our sins, our pride. You know, the only reason there's trouble in your home is in Proverbs 13, verse 10. There's only one reason there's fight in your home. Look at it. He said, only by pride come at what? Every trouble in the home is coming from one root. Pride. I was going to give an assignment to the children. They will give it to them. What, why did God chase Satan away from heaven? This is it. I pray God will give us grace to humble ourselves. Offer forgiveness. Offer kindness to one another in the family. But we must rebuild our altars. Except the altar is rebuilt, the rain won't fall. So the choice is yours. And so you'll be hearing prayer meetings being called, if the Lord permits. And God has given us a privilege of the first two days of uh, August. First is the Holy Ghost hour. Wednesday is the, the second. 
And note today's, if I were you, it would be enough praying and fasting. Hallelujah. If you want to top it up, you can start tomorrow. There's no crime in it. It doesn't kill anybody. Amen? So it's a place of prayer, and the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. I know I said something last Sunday about celebration. I want us to understand so that we become like men of Issachar who understand what Israel ought to do. We don't run the race. We belong to the kingdom of God. We don't run with the people's calendar. We follow the steps that God is asking us to do. And you know there's time for everything. And that's why I was saying the way we're celebrating this time is not going to be the usual elaborate one. It's not, uh, I believe that's how the Lord, if you look at Isaiah chapter 26 verse 20, you need to observe the seasons of life. Say, come my people, enter down into your chambers, shut thy doors about thee, Hide thyself as it were for what? A little moment. Till what? Until the seasons pass over. When a season that is testing our faith, and you must, I'm glad that you're a kingdom-minded person. That is the only thing that will keep you sane in this season. We've not seen anything yet. I'm not frightening you, but I want you to know that the Lord is on the throne. And so, I want you to know that God is interested. You know, the topic today they said is, uh, what did you people? Is God indifferent to human suffering? I want us to look at it as a family. We're going to discuss it. We're going to talk about it. But I want us to look at this documentary of somebody from the assembly. And let's see what last year's this family month experience was is hidden because of you to protect you. Uh, I know what I'm talking as a pastor, and so please play on. Last year's family month experience was a gift in disguise for me. Listening to people share real life experiences and having the pastors prefer possible solutions to wait and burdens via the word of God was life-changing. Mine was a huge burden with an overwhelming weight, but I finally found the courage to attempt to talk about it when I heard stories of how children suffer and struggle inside and alone, how some of them ended up making life-threatening errors and engaging in damaging choices because of their kind of homes and parental consequences. I sent a secret question and it was rapidly responded to because my concern was how would my children cope with their own bitter experiences? I was afraid of any further damaging consequences happening because they were obviously carrying more than they could bear and they were not talking about it. I released myself to talk and narrate my burden during the counseling sessions, though I was still scared. 11 years out of a 15 years marriage, laced with domestic violence and rejection, led to a damaged self-esteem and inability to seek help because I couldn't talk about it. The 11 years torture seemed like forever and the future became very dark. 
Our children sustained mental bruises from a battle they knew not enough. They watched me beaten and helpless. I did not know my child was struggling with depression in school, while the other swore never to forgive the father as she also became a victim of the torture. She called out for help once, but it never changed anything, so she locked up afterwards. Our home cracked. The children and I suffered even more. Well, for me, I needed them to see beyond our challenges and be able to fit in the society and live purposefully. While I was struggling with these weights, I never stopped preaching forgiveness to my children, especially to the one that swore bitterly. After a few years, gradually, it looked like things began to come back to place. I had to forgive, and the children did the same. But the unimaginable happened later. Just when our children could relate and live with their father, just then, he committed suicide right before the children. They experienced the most traumatizing images of their lives, except for my son, who was out of town for holidays. I had never been so devastated, and my children became severely traumatized. Stigmatization penetrated our pain with rude jabs of insensitivity. Then, uncertainty became our big picture. We became so withdrawn, and we started hiding from reality. To trust anyone became too expensive for us to afford. Suicidal thoughts became a conversation in my head, with very convincing voices racing inside my head, and I almost yielded because I became frustrated and too weak to reason properly. But the desire to see my children succeed was a stronger force for me. I couldn't imagine my children slumming into the dark corridors of pains created by ugly family experiences. This fear tormented me, so I managed to always look okay before them just to keep their hopes up. I hid my weakness so that they would find strength in my abilities. But all that wasn't helping because more burdens mounted as I continued to rely on my insufficient self. Instead of relying absolutely on God. Suicide is real. Those who commit suicide are real people. My experience made me to understand that the decision to commit suicide is out of exhaustion and insecurity. But more powerful than suicide is the prevailing power of God when we choose to trust Him. As parents, we should know that our choices affect our children either positively or negatively. And if negative, then know for sure that such consequences get back to us later. Family Month provided a counseling opportunity for me. I decided to trust the process. It became easy to talk about it. My children accepted the process too. 
It was not easy. But our counselor and the chaplain held our hands closely and this helped us to regain confidence and overcome the fears that trailed us. We understood that we must not allow anyone or anything trash our value in life. It helped us to bounce back to life. I was later able to tell my son how his father died. We are all healing together and stronger than we were when we couldn't talk about it. The fears are not there anymore. I am confident that my children trust and understand God more now. They did not choose life for themselves, but they know better now that, to avoid regrets, they must make the right choices as children of God. I did not wish for the bitter experiences, the struggles, and the violence, but I have learned to trust God because my life is not a mistake. If we could choose our battles, we would certainly choose surmountable ones. But if life throws weight at us, we still have the choice to decide to win our battles. Anger is a destroyer. Suicide is self-destructive. It is not an option at all. It does not solve any problem, but rather creates bigger problems. My family was existing in a broken shadow of itself. But God healed us through the family month visitation. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Our topic is, is God indifferent to human suffering? We're going to talk about it. Uh, media, can you just be ready to... Let me just set the pace like this before. It's going to be we'll share, we'll share, and we'll ask questions. Suffering, I want you to understand and have the proper perspective of it. It's a state of undergoing pain. Pain come in different, from different sources. From distress, hardship. And pain can be physical, mental, or emotional pain. Has anybody any past, any, any pain, or anything you want to just, what they call suffering? You know, it comes in different shades. I remember somebody saying he failed jam twice, and the other person said, and so what, you failed jam twice, that he or she has failed jam five times. So it becomes, a, it's in different shades, where it has the ability to create fear, to create trauma, resentment, anger. Is there anything somebody has done to you, you want to share with us, or you want to say? Or oh, I should just, if, there's, if you have anything to say, one, two, or three things to describe suffering. Anybody? Okay. 
Has anybody here ever suffered pain here? I don't mean injection pain, no. I don't mean the one that, you know, somebody said they didn't allow him to watch a movie in the house where for his suffering. Halfway tear if you come out like that. Has anybody ever experienced pain? It is well. Okay, can you give uh, Brother Mike, you just have one minute. Don't tell me too much story. Maybe this one I said to his pain. <laughs> Praise the Lord. My name is Mike uh, Davis. Uh, frankly speaking, for Yes, I've never had cause to say sickness, even headache. But all of a sudden, last year's February, they now diagnosed that I had cartwright. So the operation was done, but it was poorly done. We saw that in the morning after the operation, blood started gushing out. So that was where my journey of pain, severe one, started off and on in the hospital and many, many other things. But to God be the glory. I'm an overcomer. Praise the Lord. That's physical pain from somebody's mistake. The Lord will help us. Any other person before we begin to ask for the source of uh, suffering? Okay. I know some of these things are hidden in our hearts. Uh, we don't, it is bottled up. And that is the danger in it. That is where it is destructive. I don't blame you. You don't know who will go and carry your story. And that's why the sister was willing to come to the congregation and say, no. Somebody will see you and tell your story in a different way. When the married ones will see you greet their husband, it becomes fight at home. Don't look at anybody. I'm just telling the truth. I'm praying the Lord will help me in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So let's look at, is there suffering on earth? Answer now. Uh -huh. I'm not talking of uh, political suffering. That, that's not what I'm talking about. Leave, leave government alone in your house. Are there cruel people in your house? Are there mean family members? Unfortunately, you are stuck with them. Hallelujah. But look at, let's understand suffering. Is God indifferent? No. Is God the source of suffering? No. Where is it coming from? Revelation chapter 12, verse 12. Maybe after I will speak a while briefly, then we will ask your questions. He said, therefore rejoice ye heavens, and ye that dwell in, in them. Good. Woe to the inhabitants of where? Let's be honest. Where is art? Say, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. Why? For the devil is come down unto you. He is very, very angry. Can you see? He is coming with rot. He not only rot, 
it has great wrath, indignation. Why is he angry? Why is he responding with fierce anger? Why is there hostility and cruelty everywhere? It becomes some people's traits. Because why? He knows that he had but what? I'm not sure the believers know that the devil has a very short time. Means Christ is coming anytime soon. And so when you see things happening, it is because someone is behind it with great anger. Jesus told us his mission. He has threefold mission. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. Even to destroy your faith, your health, your marriage, your homes, your children, your businesses. So understand it and let us deal with him for who he is. Psalm 74 verse 20. Have respect unto the covenant, for the dark places of earth are full of the habitation of what? Cruelty. Satan is at work. God is not indifferent. And I want you to know something that cruelty, these hearts, they have negative effects. Whether emotional, mental, or physical, they can cause physical or psychological damages. They can cause trauma, fear, anger, resentment. Sometimes put guilt on us. Shame, and we want to begin to avoid people because we don't understand. He has fed society by creating violence, injustice, oppression, and will become intolerant of one another. These days, when you walk around the street, you just find some people are tensed. There's anger. There is resentment. God will need to help us because it's coming from the families. And I'm praying God will give us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, God didn't leave us alone. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 6, I mean verse 16, sorry. The Lord is saying something because every one of us has gone through pain. You have seen betrayal. You have seen people who gossip, who tell lies about you, and you are resenting them because you are hurting. You are passing through pain. It's not from God. He said, whatever you are going through, above all, taking what? The shield of what? Faith. He said, with it, you are able to quench whatever the enemy is bringing your way. It could be from losses. It could be from interactions. He said, but there's the word of God, which is a source of faith. In verse 17, he says something very unique. 
and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit to fight. We know that God is not the author, but does he use it? The Bible says we know that all things work together for good, for them who are the called of God. He said, nothing can separate us from the love of God. That's why I say, tell yourself you are loved by God. God loves you. If God loves you, God does not, well, they say a portion the Bible says that for the Christian faith, it is part of our inheritance. Suffering is part of our inheritance. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 17. Suffering means what you pass, when you pass through painful things. You see, and if children then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ, if so that be that we do what? We suffer with him. Christ left us an example for suffering. Suffering is not a bad thing. Suffering is a choice we have made. And so God is not indifferent. He's not the source. Whatever you are going to, the Bible says he will not allow you to suffer beyond what you can bear. With the same temptation, he will make a way for you. I want you to understand, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 says, Christ suffered, leaving us an example. For hereunto you are called, because Christ also suffered for what? For us. Leaving us what? An example that we should follow what? His steps. I give an, I mean, you are not of this world. The Bible says anyone who will live a godly life will do what? Suffer persecution. You walk in an office where everybody is submitting their body or changing figures and you refuse to partake. Your boss or management will look at you as a betrayer. They will persecute you. That one is allowed. Not the one that you are you are being persecuted because you're a busybody. Or as a student, you have a carryover because you didn't pass your exams. You didn't read and call that persecution. That is not what persecution. That is what foolishness. First Peter 5.10 But the grace of but the grace, but the God of all grace who had called us unto his eternal glory by Christ, after that you have suffered a while. Did God allow this? Yes. It is to make you what? Perfect. To do what again for you? Establish you. And to do what again? To strengthen your faith. And to do what? Settle you. So when you have the proper attitude towards suffering, you will understand what God is working out. That even the enemy, whatever it throws at you, is not meant to bring you down. It's for you to have a proper perspective. And part of it, you know what the Bible says? If you look at the book of Hebrews that we read, if you start from verse 5, Hebrews 12, 5, it says, and you have forgotten the exhortation, we speak it unto you as unto what? Children. My son, despise not what? The dealing and the chastening of the Lord. Okay? 
nor faint when you are rebuked of him. It is painful. Go ahead. For whom the Lord loves. Ha. Ah, excuse me, I don't understand this. That means that when the Lord disciplines us, it is not with sickness. It's not with affliction. Are you hearing me? So don't say, I am sick. It is God's will. It is not the will of God. You will need to examine yourself and look at what is happening to you. It's called as he beats every son whom he received. He said, you are not a mala. You know, sometimes when you see some people do something, just let him go by the side. Or if it's your own ah, no, 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 no. You know, sometimes if your mother puts him between you, the two legs, don't look at any person and give add value to you. Wah, wah, wah. I've seen somebody, there was a bite here. So what happened? He says, my mother, what did you do? <laughs> I said, that is, that is adding value. Although these days, the woman doesn't say add value to you. No, add value. It was adding value. That's why you didn't, that's why some of us, <laughs> we are not lost. In. So, go to verse 7. If you endure the chastening of God, God delay with you as what? With sons. For what son is he when the father, whom the father does not chasten? For, you know, so it is part of the responsibility of fathers to chasten their children. Rebuke. This is the right way to go. And just leave them alone. No. This is God. Then go to the next verse. But if you are without chastenment, wherefore, help me, all are partakers. So if you have not suffered, it's just a question of time. Can I tell you good news? It's coming. Hallelujah. You are not smiling. It's coming. And it's working out things for you. Sometimes it's because you have shifted. You know, if you look at the book of Deuteronomy, I wish we had time. It says so that you don't begin to worship other gods. God wants to take care of you. Say, he allowed you to suffer hunger to see what is in your hand. Sometimes you can close and have anywhere help is coming from you. Maybe your help is in that man. And God just say, hey, wahala. And the man does not show. You just say, hey, God is seeing what is in your heart. He said that he might do you good at the end of it. Take time to go and read those scriptures. He said, if you are not a partaker, then you are what? You are not a son. So suffering does not kill us. It toughens us. It builds our faith. Now that the economy is, is being tightened, what is God expecting you to do? Hold on to his word. Hold on to him and say, God, you said you will supply my needs. Don't hold on to bitterness. Don't hold on to anger. Don't hold on to resentment. People have done things to us. We must let them go. As long as you are holding on to the heart, you'll be suffering. And like I tell you, 
if you are if you are if you are angry with somebody who doesn't even know it, it means you are drinking poison, thinking it will kill another person. It doesn't work like that. Too. Just love yourself. Be selfish. Be what selfish and release the person. Imagine if I if I have resentment against everybody here, I'm carrying them in my heart. Carry me, sir. Did you me, sir? Everybody in my heart. You think I will walk? I will die. Nobody. Be selfish and let God help you in the name of Jesus. You need to understand some things about God. That God has ordained them sometimes. It's part of the package. Look at it. Acts of the Apostles chapter 14 verse 21 to 23. And when they had preached the gospel to that city, and had taught many. They returned again to Lystra and to Antioch. Go ahead. Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue where? In the faith. That we, we must through what? Help me now. <laughs> Remember what Jesus said. Look at it. If you look at uh, the book of uh, Mark, Mark 13 from verse 23. He said, through many tribulations who enter, I mean, Luke, Luke chapter 13, sorry. Well, this one says, I told you all things, it's good. <laughs> Luke, Luke. Then said one, Lord, I dare be few that will be saved. Verse, the next verse. He says, strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, we seek to enter. They will not be able to. May that not be our portion. So you must take your faith and your work with God very, very serious. And that is why this time we are looking at God is not indifferent about our suffering. It is for you just to know what the suffering is what all about. If you look at it in the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 1 and verse 12. Are thou not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One, we shall not die Oh Lord, you have ordained them for what? For judgment. Almighty God, you have established them for what? Why? So that in the affliction, the Bible says, that's the book of um, Hosea 5.15. Hosea 5.15. He says, I will go and return to my place. Till they acknowledge what? Their sin. Sometimes we have become puffed up. Things are working too good for us. We are kissing our hands. But God is saying, I, so that you do not become puffed up. Sometimes the Lord will do something. Let me tell you the truth. In our journey of faith, there is always a delay. If you have not seen delay in life, it's coming. 
If there is no delay, there is no need for faith. Go and search scriptures, men. It took Noah 120 years to build the ark. Look at Abraham. And that is, the challenge is that what it appears, what it appears like, is how do we handle it. One, the Bible says, consider joy because you're a child. Let's go back to that book of Hebrews again. Chapter 12, I won't think it's from verse 3. Start from verse 3, sir. Let's go to 2. Okay, this is where I want to. He said, we look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who was, for the joy that was set before him, did what? Endured the cross. He despised the word shame. Sometimes the suffering can cause shame for us because it's contradicting the circumstance and scriptures. And you don't seem to understand it. It says, and he said that at the right hand of the throne. Look at what he says in verse 3. For consider him that endured such what? Contradiction. There are seasons of contradiction in every man's life. He was on the cross. He was the son of God. They said, if you are the son of God, eh -eh, why don't you come down? Well, he was down on a mission. Was he going to come down because of what they said? Was he going to deny his faith because of what? So when you look at seasons of contradiction, look at a man. Abraham says he's the father of many nations. They say, what's your name? Father of many nations. Nobody is following him. Until 100 years. Look at this man. What's his name? Zachariah. He, was, he would go into the temple. He had prayed and he has forgotten that he prayed. That the, when the angel came to him and said, Zachariah, your prayers have been answered. He said, what are you talking about? These are seasons of contradiction. He will get up, he says, he's going to, oh, this Lord is good. He promises you this. He goes into the temple. He comes out, nothing to show for it. It's called the seasons of what? Contradictions. And sometimes it comes because God takes special interest in you. And when God takes special interest in you, heaven is alerted, then hell is let loose. But what you need to do is to be sure you are not suffering for being a busybody. You get what I'm saying? They're not dragging you because you don't know how to control yourself. I think I should pause a little bit. If there is no question, then let us pray. Anybody with any question? Don't be intimidated. Nobody is going to. But you must let go. Every one of us have experienced suffering. We have known a little bit of suffering. Uh, one girl met me one day, said they have just, I didn't know what that meant that time. He said they've just served that breakfast. No, it's a brother who said, they were asking him some question. So he told the person, he said, I've told the pastor. And I said, ah, you didn't tell me, bro, come, come now. Why are you telling that? He said, pastor, I told you they served me breakfast. And honestly, I thought breakfast was the... Uh, <laughs> If they serve you breakfast, I was so happy. I said, so you didn't, that means you didn't buy food on that day. <laughs> Until somebody now told me the meaning of when they serve the person breakfast. Mr. Dejiwe, you don't know what that means. You're old school. Mama, do you know what it means to serve breakfast? 
revelation being from God, two from the devil, and then also perhaps as a result of our foolishness. At what point do we are we able to classify it, and what would we do to uh, overcome such or to get through that um, that period? At what point do we begin to know which is which? It calls for you sitting down and starting with a place of prayer, asking the Lord what is going on, if you don't understand. If you have opened the door to the enemy, you need to repent. Do you know that holding bitterness against somebody can open the door for the enemy to afflict you? To afflict you physically. That's why I keep God. Are you hearing me? That is settled. It's either you have opened the door. The Bible says fools are fleeted because of what? Their transgression. So you look at where have I opened the door? Then you look at the circumstance. What am I going through? If you are going through some financial difficulties, let's say for example, you need to ask yourself, where is my hope? Sometimes the Lord is asking your attention. Maybe you are focusing on something else. And the Lord says, no, this is not the way I want you to go. Sometimes it becomes a, a guard dog, the things that we, we go through. We say you are in the wrong place. And it's for you to know yourself where you are. But the afflictions are there. If it is that, uh, like I told the sister, I mean the brother, if the girl says he's going and there's no problem, I don't know why you want to kill yourself. I don't know what time you are put inside. It's okay. Because God is faithful. If the person meant it for evil, do you know that God yourself can turn it for good? So that is, you must determine it in the place of prayer and it's a function of your relationship with God. And you don't just accept it and say, I'm suffering. One, one person said, oh, this thing, you know, we can make some... Wrong. We have some of us believe lies. Like the sister shared, he said, at that point of suffering, many things will fly into your ears to convince you, and you will believe a lie. And if you believe a lie, that is the greatest tragedy. If you believe a lie that God does not love you, Esther was sharing her testimony and said, she believed that her husband didn't love her. And yet the man is doing everything. She was the one saying it to her husband is doing everything to please her. What was her problem? And because of her background, she's, she brought in the baggage from her family into the marriage. And because she has lost self-confidence, everything the man does, he was seeing it like her father did. Until God told her, I said, you, you are believing a lie. It was then things turned around. And many people believe a lie. I know some people believe that God is punishing them. God punish you for what? After he has punished Jesus. So let's change our orientation, our mind. That God does not. Yes, we will, as long as we are in human spaces, there will be conflicts. There will be conflicts. People are bound to hurt us. But what are we supposed to do? Forgive and move on. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Somebody's at the back. I don't know. Please let me see you before they give you a microphone. 
Okay. Good morning, George. I just want to share my testimony regarding what... We can't hear him all. Hello? Hello? Okay. I just want to share a testimony regarding what the chaplain was talking about as far as forgiveness of sin, and that could be what is uh, preventing us, what is why we are suffering. Uh, two Sundays ago, two, three days before that, I had some financial difficulty, and I was praying towards the solution to it. And uh, that same day, somebody called me to say a childhood friend was inviting me to his birthday party. Brother, just hold on. Please, the people in front are not hearing you. Hello? Can you hear me? Please, help, help the sound engineer. If you are not hearing him, just... It's not clear. They say it's not clear. It's not clear. You can come and borrow this microphone. I won't charge you for it. Yes, I was talking about forgiveness of sin. Uh, two Sundays ago, or three days before that, I was praying about some financial difficulty I was having. And uh, that same day, somebody called me to say a childhood friend was having a birthday party and he wanted me to, or she wanted me to come. So I was like, I let my pride come in between. And I said I wasn't going to go. Because the person did not call me directly to invite me herself. So, but a day before Sunday, it occurred to me that I was coming to church and we might be having Holy Communion. And I remembered that for every Holy Communion, they told us we cannot have, be a partaker of it unless we forgive those who might have forgiven, offended us. So then I now called the person myself. So, in the, 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 the moral of the, of the thing is that I went to that party. And as I went, I now run into the solution for my financial problem that even exceeded far more what I was expecting or I was going through. So what I'm trying to say here is that sometimes when we don't listen to God, when, he tell, when, when we don't obey God as far as forgiveness of sin and stuff like that, we could be our own enemies and we could be suffering as a result of that. Because if I had not forgiven that person and went to that place, I would not have found the solution to my financial difficulty for that week. Thank you. So who benefited from forgiving? Okay. I can't say anything. I'm told some people are trying to reach us online. Sorry, I can't say anything here. You've not posted it, so. Sorry, there's nothing online. On which of the platforms?
I don't know who set out this uh, question, but what you are saying is, I want you to know there is a counseling team. The counseling team of the church is, with, is always available after every Sunday service at the upper room of Sunday school. The counselors are there waiting. Okay? They can counsel you on spiritual and psychological uh, needs. Okay? God does not do evil. God does not do evil. There is no evil with God. I know you want to quote some scriptures, but the truth is that God does no, does no evil. The Bible says he created all things. We agree. But he doesn't perpetuate it. Darkness was because Satan rebelled and God did not want to use a sledgehammer to, to wipe him out. He made a way for the escape from darkness. He may have allowed it. He may have perpetuated so that it builds your faith and for you to come out of it. God bless you. God will help me. He says, when you are trying to reach out to someone who has offended you, but they keep pushing you away, what do you do? Can somebody answer that? Say you've been trying to, somebody has offended you and you are trying to reach out to the person and the person is avoiding you and cutting you off. What do you do? Please answer now. It's not me that is going to answer that question. Hmm? What do you do? Please give him microphone. Any other person here? Ah, okay, there's somebody there. Okay, two of you is okay. I will stop with two. Yeah, thank you, sir. I think forgiving is a thing of the mind. Hmm? Forgiving, forgiving is a thing of the mind. Not necessarily. I'm not saying reaching out to that person is not good, but if on you, from your own heart you have actually forgiven and you have forgotten about the whole thing, whether the person is responding or not, I think it's not will not really count. Praise the Lord. If the Person is in the faith. Excuse me, I can't see you. Who gave you a microphone? Here. Who? Who? Here. Who gave you a microphone? Did I ask you to give microphone to anybody? Why do you want to cause confusion? Please give it back to him. You cannot take it from him. Finish. Don't cause confusion here, please. Okay. Praise God. If the person is in the faith, and one has tried to make peace and it is not working out. It therefore beholds on the person who is seeking for that peace to let the elders of the church know. So that if the elders of the church are aware, they cannot call for uh, peace between the parties. But if the other person is not in the faith, there is nothing that person can do about it. Bro, hold on. Thank you, sir. You drag, you say, come to and see the pastor. He says he's not coming to see pastor. What do you do? You don't know that people like that in this church. You let the elders know. The pastor could send maybe other elders in the church to the other person, possibly. And he says he's not doing. Is it by force? 
It's not a laughing matter. Go and report me to pastor. It doesn't matter. Hey, it's, it's... So what do you do? The Bible says we should treat him like an unbeliever. Yes, sir. At that point... Now, what do you do to an unbeliever? What do you do to an unbeliever, sir? You love him. <laughs> These things are there. Somebody raise their hand here. So, sir, I want you to know what unforgiveness means. It means that when I say to Mama, well, you have not, for, you have not offended me so well. The only offense is that you have not been giving me money very recently, but I forgive you. If I say I forgive you, that means I forfeit the right to raise it up as, as an issue again in life. That is what forgiveness means. That means I have forfeited that right. To so no matter what you do to me, I cannot refer back to it. That is what God says. When your sin and your iniquity, I will do what? Remember no more. Because he has forgiven. So you can see how, can you understand when you say I forgive somebody, but next time the person just comes and says, hey, matter, that's how you did 20 years ago. No. Forgiveness means you have forfeited a right. If you are going to prosecute the person, you cannot follow on again. I pray the Lord will help us. Any other person raise? Oh, sorry. Okay, Kola, you can now give it. Sir, um, is it okay to treat um, suffering as a ministry? What I mean is that no matter what I'm going through, I always kind of create another personality so that I'm not the one suffering that thing I'm going through. Excuse me, please, can you come down to our level? <laughs> because you are, you, are, you are causing me suffering as well. Oh, yeah, please. Okay, explain. okay what I'm talking about is this, that um, whenever I go through something I don't like. Nobody likes suffering. I know, I know. Immediately, I create a different personality ah. so that I can help myself. I'm like, okay, you don't cry about it. Maybe go and dress up and take a walk. And automatically you will see me as that acting cool. I'm trying to feel, get out of the situation. Or sometimes I be like, okay, is it prayer that we walk or talking to somebody? So my, my contribution is, is it okay to treat suffering at times as a ministry to help yourself or other people? Because no matter what I go through at this point, it doesn't get to me. Immediately, no, I something will just is, something back. is amiss. That does not solve a problem. You have just whitewashed something With that something. will explode. If you keep, then I know you are not talking about yourself. If you are trying to, the person is an accident waiting to happen somewhere. So, the day sir, you are not, what is the solution? Hold on now. The day the thing will, the cup is full, they will just say, ah, she be this sister is very gentle. They don't know he has been swallowing pan, pan offense. You know what is called pan offense? Hidden offense, not panador, pan offense. God will help you. 
and you can don't query my English. The Lord will help us. The way, beloved, is one. If you can't on your own, talk to the counselors. That one I will suggest. Because you need to you need to sit down and see what is causing this pain. What has caused this pain? Then you say you create a personality that we should send you to a psychologist to begin to look at a double personality that is, uh, that is involved. Uh, I think so. Because I don't know how you can create another personality outside yourself. Uh, I've not grown to that spiritual level, so I may not be able to. I may not. It's a psychological issue uh -huh, that you are hoping to After this, eh? God have mercy. Huh. Okay, you will be answering. He says, his father or her father, not my father. But this is what the person will say. My father is a very temperamental person. And his anger gets into my overall family happiness. He's, he always shouts, even matters that are of trivial consequence. This has been the pattern for 30 years. Can you please tender a deep word of advice to him and to all other parents who are having this rather irritating trait? This is a form of suffering for both him and the rest of the family. Somebody say, how can you handle suffering? Endure it. Anybody to help me with this uh, question? that the father is very temperamental. Well, for those of us who are temperamental, the only hope, I, only help I can offer you is the Holy Spirit. Allow, renew your mind and allow the Holy Spirit to work in you. I'm not a psychologist, so I will not ask, I don't know what anger management. Maybe we'll raise some of these questions when the professionals begin to talk, but I know that the only one who can help you with your temperament is what? The Holy Spirit. Deeper than what uh, the other persons can do for you. Uh, he said, can you forgive a person and still want nothing to do with them? Eh? That's bad, Bele. That is the easiest way out. Stay your own, I stay my own. Don't hurt me the second time. No. 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 If you ask me, your answer is what I will take. But that is not the truth. Eh? Yes, you can find scripture to say if your right hand offend you, cut him off. But in your heart, when you see the person, how do you respond? Mm -mm. You can't be indifferent now. That is creating another personality. Hmm? Where is Mr. Labi? He said once beaten, twice shy. That's with psychology. I agree that if somebody just, sorry, so that you don't, I do not fall into that trap again. I will avoid you. But it is wrong. I need to, I need to, that is the easiest way. 
Okay. You begin to give the person silent treatment, is that not? Is giving silent treatment a right attitude? Okay, you have answered it. Sorry, somebody is raising. Ah. Okay. So that we can go. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Um, sir, I know you have um, exhaustively explained that we would have to go through things and it's not necessarily from God. But I need clarity on the verse of the Bible, Isaiah 53.10, that says that it pleased the Lord to bruise him and to cause him grief. I understand that verse was speaking about Jesus. No, now, but for what extent did he do that? It was because so that you can stand the ground today and say suffering is not for you. He paid the price of our sin. That is where we'll be rounding up at the end of this thing. Because that is the essence. He transferred your sin to him. Because he needs to punish sin. God needs to punish sin. It would be unjust for him not to punish sin. And so somebody was willing to, you're a lawyer, you know what they call double, double jeopardy. You can't punish somebody twice now for what, uh, it's like if Nkolika uh, did something, and Mr. Nazido want to discipline her, and I said, big mommy, flog me 12 strokes of the cane. And she flogs me the 12 strokes of the cane. You know those days in secondary school, cha, 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 cha. You do it like this, cha, cha, cha. And they'll be healing you, God help you. So after she finished flogging me, does she have a right to punish Nkolika again? But has he punished Nkolika for the sin? But somebody took it. That is what happened in Isaiah 50. That's why we can say, by his stripes, we are here. And that's why you need to be at Wednesday prayer meeting. We'll be dealing with that. It will be with communion this Wednesday first. So that we'll be carrying the battle to the gate of the enemy. And your family will be free in Jesus' name. Oh yeah, go ahead, my sister. Praise the Lord, church. Hallelujah. Sir, I want to just come in in one or two questions that I have. The first one is this. I have built up these principles for myself that I have absolute right to forgive anyone that hurts me. Okay. But I don't have the absolute right to judge any man. To judge? To judge any man of what hurts that person has done to me. Now, you are making a reference to um, a certain question from a sister or thereabout, that if someone has hurt you and has caused you emotional pain, and at the long run, you've been able to forgive the person, and you now decided because of that person, you don't want to have that continuous hurt, is it right to just tell the person, please stay on your own and let me stay on my own? So that such hurt will not repeat himself. Thank you very much. You're asking, can we set boundaries? Can we set boundaries? <laughs> The Bible says, a foolish man sees evil coming and will walk into it. But the wise man will see trouble coming. He will avoid it. You know that some people, their personality is trouble. So the best thing is you look at them as much as it lies within you. The Bible says, be at peace with all men. Yes, you may be doing that for your own security and selfishness. But what if the person comes to ask for something from you? Assuming the person is a debtor, 
He borrowed money from you the first time. He refused to pay. And when you went to him or her, say, oh boy, never pay my son, so what? Now that's more money when I owe you, they make noise for. He comes back again and say, oh bro, can you borrow me money? Lord, lead me not into... No, let's answer these questions now. Why are you doing like life and eh? It's a big temptation. So what do you do? The brother catches you. In fact, if he catches you, maybe you are coming from here, he knows you are dodging him. He will just wait for you. I'm not talking about anybody, don't look at me. He just shows you and says, ah, bro, how are you? Please, I don't have money. Can you borrow me money again? You don't have. When you have. You have. Ha. You see, may you not cause yourself because of another person. The best is to say, I have, I don't want to give you. That settles the matter. You have a right to say no to what God has given you. But that will, I'm finding it difficult because I know what, if you ask me, humanly, what we'll do is, let the person just tell me, oh no, I don't want to holler. And since I'm seeing your hand, don't worry, the thing is coming. Please give her. So that God will help us. Praise the Lord, church. Um, so, as regards to what he said, that was what I wanted to talk about. Um, I had a scenario one time that... I can't hear you. You said you have... I had a scenario one time with somebody in my life, and this person kind of betrayed me. It was pretty hurtful, and I just wanted to, like, end the He left you to follow another, another no, girl. No. <laughs> Is family meeting. Why are you people laughing? Is it not family meeting? No, no. Like uh -huh. a friend, a lady. You see, God will help you. You see, I have helped cleared your mind. You should be thanking me. Because I know three quarter of us, what were we thinking? Be honest. Were we not thinking it's his boyfriend? You see, I freed, I freed you. I freed you. Is that not? If you are thinking it was his boyfriend, now I helped you out so that your mind can be clean. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So, after that incident, I wanted to, like, end everything that we shared because I was really bitter, but I was patient still. I just wanted to find the right time to end things because I was not that kind of person that would confront a situation as they ought because I'm, like, going to mismanage it and ruin everything. But as time went on, I figured that... First, I did not forgive what the person did, but it didn't stop me from loving them. And it made me feel like a bad person, because sometimes when I do stuff, I'm like, well, I go to God every day, so I have to like do stuff for that person. However, in my heart, I was still thinking about what they did. And then it took time, and I gathered courage, and I talked to them about it. And I told them that I had forgiven them completely. They apologized. And then the relationship continued the way it was. But what I did was that I, in my mind, everything that led to that situation, I made sure to not let those things happen anymore. The kind of conversations that I had with them, the kinds of things that I shared about myself with them, I made sure that those things are no longer in place so that that kind of situation will not repeat itself because I realized that I cannot change another person. I can only pray for them. I only know myself, but I have to make sure that even when I am setting boundaries and making sure that I don't fall into that 
situation again that I am loving them and I have forgiven them truly. Praise God. Hallelujah. The truth of it is this matter, we will begin to back and front. Let's do like the daughter of Zillopad and Moses. Let's pray and let God help us. I will go back and search deeper and find the proper thing that we need to do. I've told you my own. I say, hey, the person just told your own, or let me stone my own. Do me, I do you. Where did you see that in scripture? <laughs> you want to push me so that I will say what is not there? God will help you. Ah, uh, let me, any person raising hand, just two, one, two, online. What we will do, God helping us, is that we will continue to answer them next Sunday. God help us. Hold on. No. There's a question I need to, so that somebody can answer. He said, as a product of a broken home, it has brought separation amongst my siblings and bitterness. Okay? He said, his, well, my mom is late, so I cannot say. He said, my mom usually have crisis with crisis with my dad for years, ever since they got married. She had gone through a series of suffering experiences. Now she has come to the conclusion that she will never forgive my dad again. What can I do to counsel her to forgive him? This must be a girl. Okay. My mother's inability to forgive following her separation from my late father many years ago led to deep bitterness, lack of trust, lack of love, separation among my siblings. Pastor, please, is recalling past wrong done to one even when the person has said and forgiven the wrong a sign of unforgiveness? So please answer so that we will stop. Please take their questions and then let's round up. Who is the second person? Okay, so we'll close for, with that. Sir, I wanted to ask, when you said that sickness is not caused by God, if a person was going out and got sick and heard that the place where he was going, something horrible happened there, is the sickness caused by God to keep the person alive? I don't understand. Please. <laughs> eh? Eh? Okay. Oh, okay. I, okay, now you are going to hang it on, on the scripture. All things work together for good. At that moment, you will not know. In fact, you will be agitated, you will be worried, and i give you an example. When I was a student, you know, campus was not as rowdy as it was. That morning, I woke up after, after quiet time, and Lord said, you will fast today. I said, no. I'm not fasting today. I'm going to go and eat. Meanwhile, I didn't know that the, the cafeterias were not uh, open. You know, if I said I was going to fast, my body would tell me and I'll be able to endure the hunger. But once I have let loose with my mind that I'm going, ah, the adrenaline for hunger, I walked from Jaja to El Kanemi. I didn't see food. That was, uh... so when God says something to us that looks like 
It's hard. Sometimes, everything, not sometimes, everything God asks you to do or is doing for you is for your own good. We may not understand. So, go ahead. Good morning, church. Pastor, still unforgiveness. Eh? Still unforgiveness, sir. Me, I've forgiven you for offending me, not you, sir. I'm very sorry if I've offended you, Yabich. Am I But Whatever over, I've done, forgive me. But over and over, this same person keep repeating the same offense, keep asking for forgiveness. To the extent that you have to look inward, am I okay? Why am I taking offense against this person? And for your sanity, you know the preach mental health now. You decided to withdraw yourself from getting out by the same offense, by the same individual. I think you don't need Holy Spirit to tell you that you are doing yourself a good deal. Depression is real. Yeah, Beji, I agree with you. That's the confusion we are all battling with. We are asking scripturally, is it right to run away from that person? Well, psychologically and humanly, it is a way of easy escape. You know, there are three ways to do some things. The wrong way, the right way, and God's way. Those are the things we need to understand. Because if the person keeps doing the same thing, am I a fool? If I see the person coming and I run away, am I being mean? I won't condemn myself. I must be fully persuaded in the thing that I need to do. But like I said, let's go back. Maybe next Sunday we'll look deeply into the scripture that we need to balance what we are doing with. Because it says anybody who asks you for anything, give to them. But the question is, why is this person doing this thing to me? If I see him coming... I will go this way. Me fair wahala. I just go my way. Omweko that goes jeje. But sometimes, if you put hand in my mouth and ask me not to bite, I think it's punishment to put hand in my mouth and say don't bite. Kilo day. The Lord will help us. I will continue next Sunday. God helping us in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Almighty God help. Let us pray. I want you to ask for help at this time. These sayings are deep. And it demands that we leave this auditorium and give attention to them. I want you to ask for grace to be able to make amends where we need to. Ask for grace. Pray that the Lord will heal every wound. Let's pray for our preacher this morning. 
Let's ask for the abundance of the grace of God upon him. The insight of God for him to continue to hear God and hear him clearly. Let's pray that the unction of God upon him will be on the increase. And that which God has called him to do, that which God has called him or instructed him to say, he will not hold back. Again, let's commit this family month into God's hands and pray that God who has started with us this way, obviously he has a purpose. Let's pray that that purpose will be fulfilled. There will be a performance of his word. Said, write these things. Let's pray that we all profit from this month. Our families will get better. Thank you, mighty God. Give you all the praise and all the glory. Lord, we ask for grace to pay attention to these words and be able to make amends where we need to as we go on in the week and in the month, O oh God. Let God's grace be evident in our lives and let people around us see that indeed and truly we are changed people to the glory and the praise of your name. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed.